Hey everybody, it's Maddie. So we get to do a car episode of Romancing the Romaine today and I want to talk to you about keto in a season of crisis. So the fact is is that I have been doing this keto slash fasting thing since December of last year. So I'm coming up on a year and Um, At the time, in December, we weren't in a season of crisis yet, but that season of crisis came really, really quickly um, in the months after that. And lucky for me, um, I had already started taking off the majority of my weight and kind of really deeply sunk in to my keto practice in a way that, while not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, was pretty established and felt pretty doable. So that, um, in fact, when I got sick in April of that of this past year, I got really sick, brutally sick. The, the general wisdom is that I had COVID. At the time, we were at the time where there were not enough tests going around. And so unless you were in the hospital on a ventilator, um, you did not, winner, winner, chicken dinner, get yourself a test. So I didn't get a test, but I did uh, end up sick for a solid month. So whatever that was, um, yeah, it was really scary. And I'm really glad that I had already uh, knocked my blood sugar back down into alignment and had lost the weight because I think that in combination with some other things that I'd be happy to talk about later, I'll probably do a whole podcast on that were the secrets to keeping me out of the hospital. Um, But the funny part is, is that, and this is still going on now, um, this, this season of crisis, for some reason, for a lot of people, is actually code for season of donuts, or season of cookies, or season of eat whatever the fuck I want because it doesn't matter. And the funny part is, is, it matters more than ever. Being healthy right now, gaining control, getting yourself in that place where you feel bomb, where you are in a sweet spot, it is more important than ever. And I'm just going to go and lay this one out. It's an excuse to say that we have entered the season of donuts because yes, this shit is stressful. There is no doubt about it between job concerns and COVID concerns. And of course, um, the four years of Trump concerns, um, which does feel a little bit better right now um, because of course we are um, at a time where Historically speaking, if you're going back and looking at this, um, uh, President-elect Biden is our president-elect along with um, Kamala Harris. So that like for like that little historical note there. Um, So we are in our process of moving our way to inauguration day. So that's not without its stress either. It's just that that part is maybe eased up a little bit, but it is still a season of crisis. And you have to understand that we can't live in crisis forever. Crises are a short-term relative thing. Now, short-term to history is a lot different. But it is time, if you're not knocking it back and doing it right, to say this is our new normal. 
until the next new normal comes along. But it's it's time to, to kind of buckle down and decide that if you're going to do this thing or not. And if the choice is not, hey, more power to you. If this is not your personal season, that's okay. But starting to um, try something and then immediately sticking a cookie in your mouth um, due to stress, well, that needs a solution. And when you, and that's about habits and why you do what you do and what you're feeling and finding alternatives to that. Um, over in the private group, um, we're doing a little bit of digging and talking about that 8 to 10 p.m. eating thing. Even after you've done bomb diggity all day, and then all of a sudden at 8 p.m. you find yourself walking like a zombie through the kitchen and sticking your hand in the cabinet and eating things. And even if they are quote-unquote keto things, you are opening that window back up again. You are ramping up that insulin um, for one reason or another. And most of the times, that's really emotional eating. I mean, if you ate a good meal for whatever your main meal, your dinner, whether you're eating one, two, or three meals a day, if you were eating those things, the critical aspect is the not snacking part of this game. And thinking about welcoming the ghrelin, all right? So I want, I want to open up this topic. What if every time you felt hungry, Every time your tummy gurgled, every time you got that little gnawing feeling, that feeling, everybody gets hunger in a different way. What if every time you did that, cha-ching, there was a thousand dollars in your bank account? Hell, what if every time you got that, there was a hundred dollars in your bank account? Wouldn't you welcome that? Wouldn't you welcome that feeling? Wouldn't you do what it takes to let the little ghrelin gremlin swing through and make you a little bit growly for a couple minutes? So now, now make sure here, you have to be fat adapted before this makes any sense. Because hunger for people who are not fat adapted means that they get these shakes, they get the hangry, they get the feeling crappies, they get all the things. But once you're fat adapted, ghrelin will come around because it's a, it's a hormone and it's going to release and it's going to go, hey, are you willing to put something in your stomach? And if you say, nope, I'm not willing then it goes, okay, I'll go find fat someplace else on your body and I will consume that and you will weigh a little bit less tomorrow. Or at the very least, you won't weigh more. That is that $1,000 in your bank account. Every time you say no to ghrelin at a time when you know your body has the energy stores that it needs, you are feeding your body's bank account in the right way. Whether you think about it as crisp $100 bills or a $1,000 bonus or whatever you want to think about. If you can greet ghrelin, if you can greet hunger feelings, which by the way are transient, they won't stay. They are a lot like labor pains. They will come, they will peak, they will go away. And nice part is, not like labor pains, they will not come back as quickly and they will never come back as bad as a labor pain. Now, if you have something that feels like a labor pain, well, then you need to check it out because either you are giving birth to a baby or you are having a kidney stone. But otherwise, hunger pangs, if you can flip your script and welcome those, because just think about it, 
every time you get those and say, move along, ghrelin, it is going to go look for fat on your body. So wouldn't you welcome something like that? Just think about it. Maybe, yeah, temporary moment or two of mild discomfort. Let's, I mean, let's think about the worst pain you have ever had in relation to a hunger grumble. A hunger grumble is maybe a one, maybe, maybe it's 0.5. But let's say if you have broken a um, bone, if you have given birth to a baby, if you have had surgery, those are real pains. Hunger pains are not like that, but they do because of their nature and because they are a hormonal release, we have a tendency to think, oh, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And I'm going to be overcome. You won't be. Let's face it. If you were in the middle of a hunger pang and all of a sudden your best friend called and said, hey, there's an amazing sale on shoes. You'd forget that hunger pain. If your boss called and said, hey, where the hell is that report? And that's when you forgot you'd forget about your hunger pain. Good and bad other feelings or actions or things to do, they shut down ghrelin. Now, quite frankly, even if you do nothing, it shuts down ghrelin because ghrelin can only come to a certain peak and then go away. It can't even plateau. It can't hold its place. So that's a really, really good call for making sure that you are well and truly fat adapted. Because if you are really well and truly fat adapted, you know that there is no danger from a hunger pang. You know that it is transient and it is come and gone. And you know, cha-ching, that that $1,000 is dropping into your body bank account. And every drop of that money, cha-ching, is less weight on you. Now, interestingly, if you are a woman and you are listening to this. If you um, have, if your biological markers show um, that of being feminine or being a woman, that's not a really great way to say that. I'm trying to be very open here. Um, so, because I have friends who are trans and their weight loss, um, trans male, and their weight loss is actually going to act a little bit more like that of a woman um, just because of the biological markers but let's just say let's say woman let's say man if you are a woman most likely your changes are going to show up on the tape measure first this is why I am such a fucking stickler about getting in there and doing all those measurements if you have ever watched the show and I'm going to forget it now oh my gosh the one about the cute little the woman and oh my gosh her name's Midge man I swear last night was really brutal I had a kitten who was very sick and died and so I am not I'm not really firing on all mental cylinders today but anyway um the marvelous Mrs. Maisel that's it holy shit Woo, this is real life, folks. That's not getting edited out. Um, so she, there's when you first meet her, she does all these measurements. She measures her ankles and she measures her calves and she measures her thighs and her hips and her waist and her underbust and her full bust and her neck and her arms and all the things. Well, while that's probably a little bit of overkill, checking those out as a baseline probably will make you very happy over the long run because as a woman you will find that before things show up on the scale they will show up on the tape measure that was one of the things that kept me going through some of the early 
um, or the midweeks actually is what I should say, because early on you're going to drop some weight, but after that your body starts really kind of rearranging itself, especially if you are doing any weight bearing exercise or walking, um, things are going to change around. So um, even now I can, I um, continue to see, even at times when it's not moving on the scale, I continue to see uh, muscle growth in places that I want muscle and toning happening in places that need more tone. Um, I actually have, so this is a little TMI, um, ever since I gained the weight, I gained two little pockets of really weird ass jiggly fat on the inside of my thighs. Right now, I notice them going down. In fact, so I have this mental picture. Every time ghrelin comes calling, I think, ooh, I know what you can go take care of, mister. And it actually is working. They are getting smaller. And that is so exciting. They are getting smaller at the same time when I'm actually developing more muscle in um, my calves and my thighs and places like that. They're still much more toned than they were. Um, but they definitely have more from working out and walking and stuff like that. So um, don't, don't get overly discouraged if the scale is not showing things. So make sure to keep up with those measurements um, on the tape measure uh, that way so that you know that kind of stuff as you're working through these things. So back to the process here. We want to find our happiness in this process. And for me, happiness is greeting ghrelin, saying, hey, come on in, buddy. I am super happy about you showing up here to the party because I know you are going to eat some of this fat. You are going to make some of this fat go away. So look for your little happy places in the progress. Look for think, doing some time, some journaling for about what you do while you do. Why that 8 to 10 p.m. time? Think about just going to bed. Oh my gosh, the statistics on sleep and weight loss, um, they're amazing. The, the more you sleep, the more weight you lose, the better you do. And while it is about um, lowering those levels of stress in our body, um, it is all about just actually not being in the kitchen. Makes a really big deal there. So, hey, so that's a keto in a season of crisis. I would love to hear what you think. I would love you to pop by the Romancing the Romaine Facebook, actually, sorry, the Instagram page. I'm not doing a Facebook page for Romancing the Romaine. Um, we do have the Living in Fasting Motion group over there, which is the free group. But if you want to get down and dirty and really nail some goals between now and the end of the year, if you want to set up your protocol, if you want to talk about a protocol and really nailing it so that you go into 2021 feeling as amazing as possible, um, hit me up. I will send you a private link um, to that because we can still welcome a couple members over there. It's not super big. I think we have less than 20 people. Um, it's $10 a month. So basically between now and the end of the year, it's going to be about $20. And um, most people are probably, if they nail their goals, are, are going to lose somewhere between 5 to 10 pounds between now and then. But more than that, they are going to put that protocol together. And that's what we're working toward is figuring out what's tripping us up, what's keeping us from our goals. And I would love to see you over there. Um, you can hit me up through a, the message part of Instagram on the Romancing the Romaine page. All right, guys, thank you so much for being, we, blah, 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 being with me here today. I always appreciate you and your time. And I hope this has been a help to you. Bye-bye.